0: Uh hi guys! Russell here uh just some thoughts I've had over the uh Christmas New Year's break where I get to sit around and just randomly think about things uh, and so this is called "Who is the Patsy um For those of you who are not familiar with the term patsy, I first heard it in poker uh so when you play poker, you know normally there'll be someone there who's not very good but bets a lot, and that's basically who funds everyone else, typically in poker every if everyone knows what they're doing. It's a zero-sum game, or even worse if you play a casino because they take a rake. So you need a patsy to make it all work. And I would sort of say in free market capitalism, properly free market capitalism, everyone is like taking from everyone else. So it's very hard for anyone to really do much better than anyone else. But to make things, you know, to really get growth going, and particularly as capitalism is often about growth, and taking underutilised resources and using them to exploit them, you need someone to be a patsy. Uh, And it seems to me that we have crises in capitalism when those who are being exploited act to stop that exploitation. That is when they go, you know what, I can see what's going on here now, I'm tired of it, and they stop it, and that's when you get a crisis. Um, And so I've been thinking about that and how that applies to markets today. Um, So, you know, if we go back and look at the first sort of widely perceived crisis of capitalism, which is the Great Depression, you know, for me that wasn't really a crisis of capital, it's just a natural tendency of free market capitalism where overproduction uh, and driving down wages, driving down the costs of production leads to an, an era of low pr- low growth uh, and, and falling prices. Now the thing about Great Depression or depression areas is, is while it always it seems bad bad for workers and bad for co- corporates, it's great for bondholders or lenders if if that makes sense. So you know people who've lent out money again a huge real return on those on those on those uh, on that money they've lent. Um the the thing about the Great Depression or, or that type of era is that there's very few winners from that. Corporates aren't doing well, workers aren't doing well, um, it's only really lenders are doing well and they should have very few votes, to be honest with you. Uh, so for me, it's, it's not really surprising that politics so, turned so viciously against capitalism after the Great Depression because there was no one there to say, you know what, this was a great era for me, let's keep keep it going. And so here I show the U.S. CPI index and you can see how from 1913 through to 1945, prices in the U.S. barely moved. And then you, with FDRs, uh, reforms and World War II and reforms after World War II, we s- started to see that price index going up. And that was great for corporates, great for workers, great for everyone. The only equivalent, you know, so to to continue the analysis would be in Japan, since 1990, where again, we've seen a sort of depression type scenario where prices have not been rising. Um, and again, it's been hard to understand why this has remained politically uh, possible. If you look at it, corporates are doing badly, workers are doing badly. The only people who have done really well are, are bond owners. So if you've owned bonds in, in this period, JGBs have being fantastic. And I've owned JGBs, been fantastic from time to time. Again, you think, well, there's no consensus for here. Now, the reality is the Japanese tried a couple of times to kick out the LDP who have run Japan since World War II. Every time they did it, things got worse. Uh, and I think the problem Japan has is it's so closely tied in to the US political system, they really had, they, they really couldn't adopt the policies they needed to adopt it to get inflation back, such as massively currency deflation devaluation or tariffs or anything like that. Uh, now, given that the US economic policy is so non-orthodox and whack, um, Japan probably now has those options. And you can see that the, its inflation index is beginning to move higher. So we've broken out of this political trap of free market capitalism, in my view. So, you know, in response to the Great Depression, politics moved left, which is what I'm seeing now. Uh, and, you know, it was politically popular because for businesses it was great. They could suddenly raise prices. Workers had full employment, rising wages. Everyone was doing great. Um, but you you gone from workers and corporates being the patsies to new sets of patsies, people who are losing money to fund everyone else having a great time. And in the post-World War II period, that was bond owners, So people lending money got screwed over because the money they got back was worth a lot less. And commodity producers, because what they were selling for commodities, you know, was buying less and less as workers' wages went up. Um, And so the sign for me that the U.S., particularly U.S. policies post-World War II, were coming to a natural end was the collapse in U.S. gold reserves that started to happen through the 60s. That is, the U.S. was selling off or its gold to finance this policy regime that they wanted in place. And this meant that a lot of the policies such as fixed commodity prices and other things were also going to be less and less sustainable because the U.S. controlled less and less of the gold in particular. Um, you could think of this as U.S. exploiting the gold reserves that had been transferred to the U.S. during World War I and World War II. Um, I think also what people don't realise is FDR part of FDR's policies was to create government-mandated cartels, including oil production. Uh, and so the Texas Railroad Commission, I don't know why they got it, I guess mostly oil was in Texas, also really controlled oil production. So what you saw in the post-World War II period was production growth was slow because crude producers didn't get the gains. Uh, so when I say crude was fixed, so crude oil barrel was fixed about $1.80, but the refined barrel refined oil that you bought from a petrol station or whatever was freely moving. So the margin that refiners in the in the US were making were huge in the sixties because they were could could charge whatever the demand was. And that was great for them, but terrible for producers. So as you would expect, US oil production began to fall and flatline through the sixties and of course then they became reliant on imports, which exposed which meant that they were then reliant on foreign oil producers to be the patsies. And they decided they didn't want to, and that's when we saw OPEC uh, was created, and eventually we forced policy change and another crisis of capitalism into the U.S., which was the '70s, and that was where we see policy had to change. So oil, crude oil prices uh, ramped up massively, and we also saw gold price move higher. And you know, part of that change was we needed to find new patsies, so the bond market wouldn't be the patsy and the commodity markets were no longer willing to the patsies, so to satisfy them, the new patsies, again, were workers. Uh, so workers no longer could rely on full employment. Unemployment was structurally higher, and they couldn't imply on rising wages. Real wages have actually fallen in the States quite dramatically, particularly for low-end workers. So they were the patsies, okay? Um, now, the problem, I think, in, in real modern so, let's say 20, 2000 onwards, you know, good 10 years after the collapse of socialism, communism, in a proper globalised economy, is that true patsies are actually very hard to come by. Uh, and if I look at, like, the GFC, for me, the GFC was markets looking for a patsy and going, oh, look, credit markets are priced incorrectly. We're going to go and take them for everything they want. So I know a lot of people consider the mortgage-backed security blow-up and all that subprime was investment banks losing their minds. They weren't losing their minds. They were reacting rationally to what credit agencies, so Moody's, uh, uh, Fitch, these guys, complete losers, losers of financial sector, mispriced mortgage-backed securities, which then led insurance companies, which also, broadly speaking, the loser uh, players in financial markets, to say, oh, we can you know, offer debt guarantees and expand our balance sheet with no risk. You know, we make great money. Uh, to come back to a sort of poker analogy, AIG sat down with Goldman Sachs and, and Morgan Stanley and Jamie Morgan Bear Stearns, Lehman's, we said, yeah, 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 we'll guarantee your, your mortgage-backed securities. We know what. Do you pay us some money? It'll be fine. We know what we're doing. Of course, they didn't know what they were doing. And when the government didn't instantly guarantee them, everyone went, badly, wrong, because suddenly the whole business model was built around this mispricing from the rain agencies and the willingness of idiots at AIG to offer uh, 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 guarantees on those mortgage-backed securities. And that's a classic Patsy. AIG was the real Patsy here. Uh, Personally, I think the real reform after the GFC, clearinghouse reform, I think is dog shit. A lot of the banking reform, I think, is dog shit. Well, they really should have gotten rid of was the rain agencies who are truly the dog shit part of financial markets, but that's my view. Rain, you should really make it that, uh, the buyers of, uh, bonds should pay rain agencies. Then you'll really get a market, uh, issuers when issuers pay a stupid model. If buyers thought that they needed it, then they would pay for it. They wouldn't. And these businesses would collapse overnight. No one needs Moody's or Fitch or S&P. They're all dog shit. Um, so what's happened now is after the GFC, uh, governments have gone, oh, we can't have that again. So they rather, they have now basically gone out and guaranteed all debt, uh, corporate debt, everything else. You can see that in the way the Fed reacts. Uh, and so the government and the corporate sector has reacted uh, appropriately. So you've got a dumb, dumb central bank buying your bonds. So they just bend like crazy or uh, you know buy back equity like crazy, crazy valuations because the US central banks have become sort of like the patsies to the markets, all right? Uh, And, you know, the federal government spending tells you exactly that. Now, foreigners, you know, have really woken up to the idiocy of current policies. So you don't see foreigners really buying US treasuries anymore. There's a huge gap between treasuries outstanding and foreign ownership that has to be generally filled by central banks now. Uh, So, you know, now, central banks can do this as long as inflation stays low. So, really, what we've come almost back full circle in a model uh where we need the commodity markets and we need the bond markets to remain patsies, to remain like, oh yeah, inflation's gonna stay low and come back low, uh, it's all gonna be a it's good, and commodity price is gonna stay low. Yeah, that's that's the model. And that's really where. You know, that, that, those guys are the patsies. And this is really where I'm being pushing and saying, well, look, if commodities and bond markets need to be your patsies, the movement in GLD-TLT is sort of saying, do you know what? I think they're waking up to to the, that, the fact they are getting screwed here and they don't like it. Uh, and what you can see is the movement, that it's moved higher, this GLD-TLT, and, yeah, you, know, you had the spike, I thought, well, here we go, and it's come right back again the trend is still pretty strong. Uh, And so for me, you know, it's pretty clear. Uh, I think what's really interesting about this is that for me, free market capitalism and democracy are inexplicably or inextricably intertwined. What I mean by that is the ballot box is really where we decide who the patsy is going to be, right? So, you know, After the 60s and 70s, where workers and unions did really well, everyone went, yeah, we don't want... Fuck those guys. We're not going to be patsies anymore. And so we saw power leach away from them. And workers and unions have gotten absolutely screwed over. Uh, Particularly low-end workers in the States get screwed over massively. Absolutely massively. And that's true through the West, Japan in particular as well. And what we're seeing now with Brexit, Trump, Wilders, Maloney, Obrador... AFD, Alternative Germany, you name it, any populist you like to point at, is telling you the same thing. That the workers, the Western workers, are no longer willing to be patsies, right? And that only leaves one real clear patsy in the market, and that's bond investors. People buying bonds, particularly the long day of treasuries, are the patsies. They don't want to admit it, they're buying them a hand over fist. But you are the big loser patsies in this market. All right. Anyway, hope that makes sense. Stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Ciao.